0: When Will asked me to read the fourth commandment on honoring the Sabbath, my first reaction was to ask for an easier commandment to meet. (laughs) At best, I have been only an intermittent follower of honoring the, uh, the Sabbath. However, when you hear me read the language, you will see that performance is not optional. And when sometime observance is not enough, let's pray. Lord, lead us to your word and to strive to follow Christ above all other things in our lives. Bless the Ukrainians and the Russians who are living under a ruthless tyrant. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The reading today is Exodus 20. 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Pretty straightforward. No exceptions allowed. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter,
1: In July of 2013, a uh, woman named Miwa Miwa Sato was a journalist. uh, She clocked 159 hours of overtime in one month. It was uh, kind of expected from her in the Japanese culture to do that kind of work. In April 2015, uh, another woman named Matsuri Takahashi clocked about 100 hours of overtime, not, not quite as much as the other, but still pretty good. And reflecting on her workload, she said this, she said, I am physically and mentally shattered. I just want to die. Well, both women, plus about 2,000 more people in 2016, just in Japan, did just that. They experienced what was called karoshi in that, uh, in that country, which is a term that means death from overwork. Death from overwork. The WHO actually did a study, and they, they have, uh, you know, over the past couple of years, they finally released the results. And in 2016, actually, from what they could gather, uh, about 745,000 people, died from overwork, from things that were coming directly from their their incredible amount of time they were spending on work. Now, we know that that hasn't changed a whole lot. In the USA alone, 2018, workers forfeited 768 million PTO days. And that number went up. It's not going down. It went up 9% from 2017. And now, as we, we are looking at the world and we are looking at what's changing, we're looking at inflation and all of the things that come from that. We're looking at this invasion and all of the things, all of the effects that are come from that. The thing that is going to happen is life is going to get more expensive and already has, which means for many, that is going to translate into working more and maybe even more than ever before. And what that means for us... What that means for us is that now, more than ever, we need Sabbath. We need Sabbath. This is probably one of the only commandments out of the Ten Commandments. This is probably the one that Christians argue over the most. Okay, we, we don't really argue about don't murder so much, you know, don't steal. Like, we like those. We argue over this one, and I think that's because we don't really understand it. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look back in Genesis, because we're going through Genesis, and as you just heard, the Sabbath command is rooted in Genesis. And we're going to look at what the Sabbath isn't, we're going to look at what it is, And we're going to look at why it is. So if you would turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 27. Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 27. But before we do that, let's pray. God, would you be with us? Teach us. Holy Spirit, change us to make us look more like Jesus, we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 27. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day, from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is God's word. So we start with what the Sabbath isn't. We start with what the Sabbath isn't, if if you have been reading through Genesis, if you have been looking through these first two chapters, what you know is that the Sabbath is not a condemnation of work. Let's just start there. It is not a condemnation of work. How do we know that? If you go back through that first chapter, what we see is over and over and over, God works. God works at this work of creation. He works at this this work of filling the earth with good things. God works. And in other religions, if you go back and you look at their, their origin stories, so to speak, what you will see is that the God or the gods usually just create mankind so that they can now sit back and be lazy and let them do all of the work because there's no dignity to work. There's nothing good about it. But here, what we see is that God works, and he delights in his work. And at the end of the day, he looks back on his work, and he says, it was good. And then in verse 27, we see that mankind, male and female, are created in the image of the God who works. In verse 28, we see then that they are given this charge, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over these things, and they are being charged to work. That work that they are given is their given in paradise. Work was part of paradise. So if you hate your job and you hate the fact that you have to work, I'm sorry, I think we're going to be working in heaven. I do. I think we're going to have jobs there. I think it's going to be part of, of, of God's recreation, but they're going to be jobs that are fulfilling like here where God created the world and then he created Eden and then he put Adam and Eve in there and he said, now I want you to take the borders of that garden and push them out. Make this world look like Eden, which is still the job of the church today, by the way. Even when we get past chapter 3, where where Adam and Eve fall, work is still considered good. It's frustrated now, and you guys all know that, but work is still considered good. We can think of Colossians 3, where Paul says, work heartily as for the Lord, not as for men. We can think of all kinds of things in the Proverbs, talking about the glory and the dignity of work. So Sabbath is not a condemnation of work. Sabbath is also not the complete absence of work. It is not the complete absence of work. It is not the complete absence of activity. And I think you all recognize and acknowledge that because you are here wearing clothes today. You were active this morning. You got up earlier than you wanted to, but you still did, and you came here. And we see this because in Genesis 2, chapter 2, it says, On the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested from all his work that he had done. But let me ask you this. What if God stopped everything? What if he stopped all of his work? You you ever have those days where you wake up and you just think, Nope, not doing it not doing the chores, I'm not going to cook a single meal, I'm not even going to make a peanut butter sandwich, I'm not going to take a shower, we're not doing it today, right? Imagine if that was the universe and God in control of the universe and he just on the seventh day just said, nope, not doing it. I'm not going to uphold the law of gravity. I'm not going to keep all of these things together. I'm not going to keep supplying breath in the lungs of the people and the birds. And I'm not going to keep the sun shine Right? If, if God stopped his work of providence, if God stopped doing necessary work, everything would fall apart. I love the way John Calvin said it, commenting on Hebrews 1.3, where this work of providence is ascribed. To Jesus. Do we have that, Charlie? He said this. He said to up, he said that to uphold or to bear, which is what Jesus is doing with all creation, it means to preserve or continue all that is created in its own state. For he intimates that all things would instantly come to nothing were they not sustained by his power. Sabbath is not the complete absence of work. God still does necessary work on the Sabbath here in our text. He still upholds and does his work of providence. And we see throughout Scripture that necessary work is is allowed, it is good. If an animal falls into the pit, what does it say? Get it now, even if it's the Sabbath, because tomorrow is going to be too late. It will be dead. Um, Jesus before he heals a man on the Sabbath what does he ask he says is is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath then let me heal him where people would have condemned him for working on the Sabbath the other thing that, that we may notice as we go through scripture and we look through church history is that Sabbath is also not solely about the day It's not solely about the day. Sabbath, if you remember your Hebrew, Sabbath is Shabbat. So on Friday evening, you can start telling your family Shabbat Shalom, everyone. And then all day Saturday until the sun sets, you can say Shabbat Shalom. Sabbath peace to you. We are in here and it is not Saturday. It's Sunday. We are celebrating the Sabbath on Sunday Because we we look through and what happened is in the history of the church, Christ rose on a Sunday. And so so these people who are worshiping Jesus said, well, we can worship him on Sunday. And when we look in Romans 14 and we look through and Paul is talking about one day is not necessarily better or worse than the other. All the days belong to God. So it is not solely about the day. Now we need to look at what Sabbath is. Is. And we could go on, uh, and both of these, we can't exhaust this topic. But here is something of what Sabbath is. Look again at these first few verses of chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work he had done. And God blessed the seventh day, rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So here, here, what we are seeing on the Sabbath is we are seeing God, the creator, enter into this time of rest and enjoyment. He's been creating. He's been creating and, and every day has had a piece of rest and enjoyment. Every day he gets to the end of the day and he says, It was good. It was morning and evening. He ceases that activity morning, evening, and looks and it was good. But here now, there is a day where he is resting and he is enjoying the fruit of that whole week. In one of my favorite movies, Open Range, there's a, there's a, you know, it's an old Western if you haven't seen it. Great movie. Uh, maybe you don't, Watch it with the kids. But it's a great movie. And at one point, one of these cowboys walks to the general store, and he, he says, how does that chocolate taste? And the store owner says, well, I don't know. He says, you haven't even, how long have you worked here? How long have you had this store? You've never even tried the chocolate? He says, no, I, ne- I never have. It would cost me too much to enjoy that. And so he, he buys the chocolate and says, here. Try, try the chocolate. How, how long? Some people work so hard. They work so hard, and they never stop to enjoy it. They never rest and enjoy the fruit of everything that they have been doing. They, they, they don't stop. They keep going. They, they never taste the chocolate. But here, God rested on the seventh day, looked back on what he had done, and he enjoyed it. He rested and he enjoyed it, and he commands us to do the same. We are made in his image. Well, Sabbath is not just rest and enjoyment. Sabbath is also more than rest and enjoyment, because if you take the time to stop and to rest and enjoy, what the Sabbath is doing is actually freeing you from busyness. Do you know how many times you pick up your phone in a day? If you are like the average American... Uh, when you're sitting, you're walking, you're in your car, you know, whatever you're doing, you, you pick up your phone around 344 times per day. That's about every four minutes. That has gone up this year from every 10 minutes last year. So it's going up. It's not just phones, though. We are busy with everything. In my home, here are some of the things that we're busy with. School homework, work, speech therapy. We've got reading. Ender does jujitsu. We have committees. There are chores. There's the yard. There's groceries. And there's church on Wednesday and Sunday and on and on and on. And I look and I realize I do not rule the calendar. It rules me. I've come to realize as I've been doing this, the devil doesn't need to tempt me to sin. All he needs to do is make me really, really busy with good things so that I forget about the best thing. Sabbath is freedom from that busyness. It's a time to to put the things down, to put the things down that maybe I don't need to be doing today and to just say, Lord, help me to rest and enjoy a freedom from busyness. Well, Sabbath is also another kind of freedom. Sabbath is freedom to rest in the Lord. That's what I hope you heard as John was reading Exodus 20. It's, it is a day that is holy to the Lord. It is a day that is holy to the Lord. It's holy, right? It's holy. It's set apart. There's something different about it. To the Lord is its purpose. It's showing you the purpose. Sabbath is holy to the Lord. It is set apart to spend some time with him. Because when we look at the week and we look at all of those things in the Sabbath, we hear Jesus saying, come away, come away with me. I love this passage, the way he puts it in Matthew. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And what? I will give you what? Rest. I will give you Sabbath. Come away with me. You've worked so hard. You've done so much. You have been so busy. Come away with me. Let me give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm angry that you didn't take a Sabbath this week. For I'm sitting here and I just want to pour guilt on you. No. It's not about guilt. If you're feeling guilty, please don't. That's not what it's about. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come away with me, he says. Let's spend some time together. Let me give you Sabbath rest. I am not saying here, you better be in church every Sunday. Okay. I like that, that's good, we want to do that, but I am saying you must Sabbath, no matter how busy you are, no matter how crazy things get, no matter what kind of activity you, you have going on, you must Sabbath, you must find a time to get away and to be with Jesus and to remember who he is and what he has done for you. And now I will tell you, I think the best place for that is church. And we see that in the why of the Sabbath. Why do we have Sabbath? Because we aren't God, but He is. We are not God, but He is. We are made in His image, but we are not God. He is. Every time we Sabbath, we are admitting those two things. We are not God, but He is. We are not God. We need rest. We need renewal. We need the Sabbath. We are finite. We've run out. Just try and do it on your own. You will only get so far. And you may get farther than me. You probably will. But you will run out. We are finite. We need rest. But God did not rest because he ran out of anything. God rested in his completeness, in his fullness. The work was done. He wasn't tired He wasn't sleepy. He wasn't looking back and saying, Oh man, that really took it out of me. God rested in his completeness because the work was done and he could enjoy it. And when we observe Sabbath, we are saying, You are God, I am not. And though I am like you, you are more than I will ever be. And I need you. And I need what you can give me. See, I can get outside. I can avoid chores, I can sleep all day and then feel refreshed, and that's good. But I need God. The best golf game does less for my soul than singing one hymn with you guys on a Sunday. The best vacation is good, but it does less for my soul than just memorizing one psalm, any psalm. The biggest championship, it's gonna do less for my soul than having a sinner saved by grace, like like you and me praying for me. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not condemning golf vacation or, or, or going to championships. I'm just putting it in a degree so we can see the greatest good. Because when life throws wave after wave of hell, it is not golf. Outdoors, tournaments, or sleeping in, as good as they are and as much as you need them sometimes, it is not those things that will get me through. It's what the Lord does through Sabbath, resting in him. And that is why Sabbath ultimately is not about you or me. It is about God. It is about redirecting our gaze to the Creator. It is about remembering who He is. It's it's that time where where we stop. and And in our souls, we hear that voice say, recalculating. right? Redirect. Look where we need to. That is what the Sabbath is. And that is why we have it. And if there's anyone that knew that, it was a man named Henry. Henry knew that. He was born in China, and he cherished the gift of Sabbath. For him, it very much was tied to one day. And he loved that gift of Sabbath, but he also loved to compete. So he learned rugby at school, and he he played, and and he was really good. But he noticed that he was better at running. And so he had to choose between rugby and running, and he chose running. And he kept running and he ran and he was fast and he eventually got into the Olympics, the hundred meter. He was excited. He was nervous and he was ready. And then the meter, hundred meter was scheduled on the Sabbath, which for him again was very much tied to the day. He loved running, he cherished it, but he said these words, he said, he, he, he actually said, God made me fast, and when I run I feel his pleasure, but race was on his Sabbath, and so he would not budge. His friends, his team, even Scotland came to Eric Henry Liddell and they said, just run the race, and he wouldn't do it because he knew he needed the Sabbath. It wasn't until they moved him into the 200 and the 400 meter, which were on different days, that he was able to run in the Olympics and win. But looking back on that time, before he became a Presbyterian minister and a missionary back in China, where he was born to his missionary parents, he said this, has been a wonderful experience to compete in the Olympic Games, and to bring home a gold medal. But since I have been a young lad, I have had my eyes on a different prize. You see, each one of us is in a greater race than any I have run in Paris. And this race ends when God gives out the medals. I don't think anyone would call him a hero today for honoring the day that he observed Sabbath. We, we tend to look down on each other for saying, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday or Tuesday for saying, today is my Sabbath. I will rest in the Lord. We, we, don't, we don't lift that up. But this man was a hero. And we can see the effect that Sabbath had in his life when years later, during World War II, he was interned at a Japanese camp in Waifang. There was a lot of fighting. There was hoarding. There were factions. There were all kinds of things. But what did he do? He helped the elderly. He led Bible study. He taught the kids. He led games for the kids who called him Uncle Eric. One survivor commented, they said he was overflowing with good humor and love for life. Another one said, watching Eric is as close as I will ever get to seeing a saint. How, in the middle of all of that, did he have that kind of joy? Because he Sabbathed. He Sabbathed. He surrendered that to, to say, Lord, I will follow your command. I will do what you say. I will Sabbath. And eventually, while he was in camp, he got a brain tumor. And his last words were, it's complete surrender. And then the man who honored the Sabbath entered into never-ending Sabbath rest. So who are we, Westminster? Who are we? Do we remember the Sabbath? I I think we do. I think we do. And, and where we don't, I think the Lord needs to challenge us. And, and guys, I'm challenging myself here. My family can tell you pastors are the worst about honoring the Sabbath, about saying, I'm going to take a day and I'm going to rest in the Lord. But I think that we are a people who know the value of work and we work hard. And I think we are a people who honor the Sabbath, where we find rest and enjoyment. We find freedom from busyness, freedom to rest in the Lord and find renewal in his strength and not our own. Let's pray. Jesus, every day belongs to you. Lord, and in in that sense, every day is holy. Lord, and every day we are called to walk with you. But one day, we are called to a special time, a special time with you. Lord, whenever that may be, Lord, I just ask that in each of our hearts, you will put in us a desire to rest in you, a desire to, to rest and enjoy what's come before, to look forward to what's coming ahead. Most importantly, Lord, a day that we can look to you and remember your great love for us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. As in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we continue in worship?